Hello, and welcome to the MXU Worship Podcast hosted by Stephen Brewster. Each episode features great conversations between Stephen and all kinds of worship leaders, from the most prolific songwriters from prominent churches to folks you may have never heard of. Either way, we hope that these resources and conversations will encourage, equip, and empower you to be the best worship leader you can be. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast, too, so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes and other resources. Let's get to the interview. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited you're with us. And today we have a special guest, Phil Wickham. I'm so stoked for you to hear this conversation. Phil talks about identity. He talks about losing his voice in 2014 and what he learned through that process. And also the the power of prayer and how it's changed his personal walk and helped him create a new tool and resource for, for people through that. So with no further ado, here is our conversation with Phil Wickham. Phil, I'm so glad you're with us today. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the podcast. It's going to be fun. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. So you started leading worship in the youth group. I did. Tell me about those Tell me about those days, man. What was that like? Well, I bet there's quite a few worship leaders out there that can relate. There's just like that that junior high youth group room like up in the corner of the of the church, you know, yep. and for some reason just smells like a gym, like a sweaty gym, but you don't know why cuz no one <laughs> works out in there. And uh, it was amazing, man. I grew up in a family of worship leaders. My parents were singing at church and, and my, my dad was writing songs for church since I was born. And so that was very, it was very normal for me to like, the idea of leading people in worship and singing songs about God. Um, it's kind, it was more normal to me than like, you know, listen to Michael Jackson in the, you know, or something like that. Right. It was just like, that's what music was for. And so when we moved from Orange County to San Diego when I was 12, my dad gave me a guitar. I fell in love with it. And uh, later that year, I was just, I was hacking away, singing, singing, I could sing your love forever <laughs> with about 12 kids right. on a Saturday night, junior high, you know. That's awesome. What do you think, like today, obviously it's no longer 12 kids and you're not hacking at it anymore. You're, you've become, I still hack pretty hard. Become... You should, my guitar is, is like freaking <laughs> worked. <laughs> Uh, I I have a friend who uh, is a worship leader, and I, he always says that his guitar is more like a necklace. It's just there for for show. But yeah, I um, call my my guitar is like case, a shaker. I, I just it's right. like I'm I'm the glorified guy, just like just like adding a little percussion, you know. So what's the same today as back then when you were when you were in junior high leading worship for twelve kids? I mean, obviously, it's, the scale's very different now, but what what's the same? Man, this is such, this is the, the churchy answer. It's but it's true. The Lord, the ones I'm singing to, is the same. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. when I when I, when you first when you asked me immediately, it's like, well, the goal and and the the person that it's all directed to is the same. Which is the goal yeah. is to, um, I mean, and what an honor and what a responsibility it is. But God, God has given me whether it's twelve people in a junior high youth group room or a Sunday morning at a church or in a, on a tour in an arena or whatever. It's just giving me and many listening to this podcast, this incredible responsibility and opportunity uh, to lead his people in worship and to remind, to remind the church who God is so that it incites new response of praise and adoration and wanting to get close to Jesus and helping pe- people discover God's love and presence and nearness for the first time. And, so that that does that hasn't changed, and also the song that we sing and hasn't changed because God doesn't change His love. The story is still beautiful and amazing and blows my mind every every new time. Honestly, 
every time I speak it out, I take a time on stage to talk about the cross, the empty grave and what it yeah. means for us. It just, it never stops just melting my heart and blowing my mind away. And uh, I just love singing about it. I love that, man. That's so, that's so good. And what do you wish you knew back then that you've learned over doing this now for for a little while like obviously there's probably so many lessons that you've learned but what's that that you know a lot of our listeners are going to be worship leaders so what's that one thing that you're like man i just wish i could depart this in people well it's like that's a hard question because i had to go through the things i'm really pumped about that i've 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 been able to grasp and grow in over the years it's it's like i couldn't just tell myself them and then have like received them like a sponge it's like i had to go through the right the anxiety of feeling like gosh i was such a freaking <laughs> i was a cocky guy you're like <laughs> I, and i and i'm thinking about oh i wish i got man lord help me be humble there like and, and maybe I, right. some girls started talking to me in youth group and so it's like hey i think i'm something cool you know what i mean or and uh right, right. But that's all stuff you got to walk through and then feel the weirdness about it later or or even uh like losing my voice and and having to go through a kind of a year of kind of a hiatus and and getting my voice back and getting surgery that that was god i almost i feel like that was a gift from god now just to teach me so much about my value to him and that i didn't have to i didn't have to try to seek men's approval um and uh right. and all that stuff and but again if i went to my 12 year old self and told my and told myself all these things Without the context of those experiences, I I picture myself rolling my eyes at myself, you know, like right. yeah, I know right, this, right, you know, totally. yeah, I mean, but I guess so. I guess if there's one so thing right. that like I could like, it's like this is a skill I wish I had. I wish I I I wrote songs. I wish I I understood songwriting when I, as a twelve year old the same way as I do now. That would have been helpful, right? And what do you think that is? What what do you understand about songwriting now <clears throat> that? Um. <clears throat> Um, I would say I'm, I'm way, I'm way less worried about, about coming across as an artist or what's my expression. Um, I'm way less, uh, man, how would I answer this? Sorry. Let me start over. Yeah. Yeah. You're great. As far as songwriting now, um, I mean, artistry is so important and, and we need to couple creativity and artistry as worship leaders with service, you know? And I think when I was younger, I was always more worried about uh, maybe what people thought about the song or what friends, if friends thought it was cool or all, I don't know, all, the, all these things that kind of jumbled. Right. What, what is God's actual calling in my life? And what has he called me to do and to write? Um, and some people are called to full on be artists and be out there and play in clubs and go for it. But the older I've gotten, the more experiences I've gone through, the more I feel like God has shed away um, maybe selfish ambition or wanting to seek like my peers approval or whatever that is and and just yeah. god has revealed my own heart to me that he's given me which is just to write songs for the church um and uh, and i love doing it it's the most satisfying thing i can do as a writer i write other songs i write songs for my wife i write christmas sure. songs and that but what i really am and am, and am, am looking for is to write songs for the church and i think i've got the thing that has made me um grow in that the most is just experience in moments of like of being, of having all these moments to visualize what a song could do in a room or in a situation, and I think that's my most powerful tool now that I bring into a song. Right, it is wow. not like my sense of melody, though. Maybe that's that's grown over the years, or not 
you know, obviously my understanding of the word of God has grown. That's a huge tool. But I think for writing a songs for church is for me, I'm such a visualizing person, is to be able to visualize moments and really um, add that kind of instinct into my songwriting of like, I even have people's faces. Like there's a guy named Greg Laurie who's, a, who's wow. an evangelist pastor. Yeah. So he's one guy that's like, man, he's just like a man's man, like get people saved. And so I visualize leading a, leading a song when, when he's in the room. It's like, and I know what songs he'll sing with. And I know what songs he'll kind of be like, yeah, I agree with that. But, <laughs> you know, but then I think of other people right. that are more emotive. I have, I have a couple of people in my mind. It's like, man, if they were in the room, would they sing this? And if they were in the room, would they join in? And, and if we were in, uh, if we were at a youth camp, and, like, and so I can go to the hundred youth camps I've been at, it's like, and imagine the songs there. And that's right. so, uh, bringing those experiences and that instinct, it, those experiences have built an instinct, I think, um, that isn't flawed, that is flawed, obviously. It's not always perfect, but yeah. um, it really helps me kind of like, okay, I, even though maybe this is more satisfying to sing for me, I, I think this might serve the moment better. And maybe this is, feels fresher wow. or it's more poetic, but like, I don't know. I can, I can picture being there at harvest, harvest in the morning and just, I just think saying this, saying holy is the Lord at the end is right. going to work better, you know? So bringing that experience and to be able to visualize that in songwriting is, I think is the, the biggest tool over the years that has grown. That's, that's so awesome and so powerful. And, and I'm sure helpful for, for, you know, the, the worship leaders who are writers as well at their local church right now. Um, we were talking before we, we started recording the podcast just about um, the Bible recap podcast. And I think it's so important that like, I think it's a missing component as i talk to worship leaders around the Do you country wanna, i think you said bible just fyi you said bible recap and it's bible project project should, I, I would, sorry. I would yeah. imagine you want to okay. say that yeah. right no no no. i definitely <laughs> want to say that right <laughs> um before we started recording we were talking about the bible project and the podcast and how you're using that to as as like learning and, and developing it, it really blows my mind when i talk to worship leaders all over the country how few are spending a devoted amount of time in the word before they go into a right. When you, how do you balance your personal revelation with being able to connect to that, all those audiences that you just talked about and just processed through? Like where, where does that, where does that line live? I think worship leaders often um, sell themselves short a little bit. Obviously they're not like, you know, especially the way churches are run. Some, sometimes it's like, the Moses model of the church where it's like the head guy. And mm-hmm. I've grew up growing up in churches like that and known amazing leaders. And then there's like the more of the group kind of community led board led thing, which is beautiful too. Um, but, and I'm guilty. I've been guilty of it in my life too, but it's like, let leave it to the, like the real scholars to kind of come down from the mountain and, and, and bring me the word and not like take it upon myself it says in the scriptures, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's not just a word for pastors. That's a word for the yep. whole church. And, uh, and I yep. have found as I've, <clears throat> I brought, I grew up in a really beautiful um, kind of church tradition that started in the 60s, 70s called Calvary Chapel. And they, they put a huge emphasis mm-hmm. on teaching of the word of God. Um, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but I re- I've realized the more I learn, I realize the less I know. You know, it's like, whoa, there is just so much to dissect and meditate on and understand and 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 apply to myself and apply to the world and humanity. And 
And what do we, what kind of prayers do we need to pray? What kind of prayers are, are, are biblically led? And what kind of, what kind of, what did Jesus really come to do? And how do we put that into new language and all that stuff? And I, I think, like I said, I started, but I think worship leaders sell themselves short as like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a facilitator of the presence, but I'll let someone else bring the word, you know? And I think, yeah. I think the, on it, the biggest tool for us as worship leaders and songwriters, at least, at least equally as big as knowing your craft, equ- you know, as, as all, the, all the practical things is to be a, a student of the word of God, to know when, you're, when, you are, when you are singing, man, I'm trying to think of a song, uh, how great is our God, you know, you're, you're, you're leading that for your church mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you're going through song and, and Psalms are coming to mind um, where, where it's David is saying a similar thing and, and images of revelation are coming to mind. Of of how everybody's going to be singing that song forever, and then and then be, and then even after that, it's like, man, I, Jesus, you did so much for that to be the end goal. Thank you, you are so great for for like the story of the Bible to be infiltrating your worship leading, and the story of the Bible to be infiltrating your songwriting, and for you know, and I'm still learning this, but you know, I think a lot of worship leaders, there's some lingo that we use, like the presence, you know, that's like in more like charismatic right. things and 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 anoint the word anointed and and mm-hmm. uh and all, all this stuff gifting and and kingdom and and like it for us to have like a continually um growing understanding of what all these words mean is going is going to be yep. such a huge service to our church through songwriting and through pastorship um because we I, I think worship leaders need to look at themselves not just as like the musicians that that get people's hearts ready for the scripture, but as fellow pastors, but maybe not pastors in in exegesis of the word, but pastors in in bringing people into the into a close a communal intimacy with God and a communal understanding yep. more of who He is, and and to write songs that that echo that, you know, and and I, I know some seminary friends, uh, like even and I love it, like even my brother, my brother Evan, he's a pastor, he's been he's yep. gone through schooling, and he's he's just brilliant. The way he can he can read a five hundred page textbook he is, for sure. <laughs> he can read a five hundred page textbook and talk infinitely about it afterwards. I could read a five a five hundred page textbook and I'm like, I think here I can give you the gist. It's about God. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, right, right. And, and so it's amazing now the songs he's writing. It's like he wants to pour in all these thoughts and ideas, and I think it's beautiful. Um, but sometimes like Evan, I don't even have context for what you're saying right now. You know, like you gotta you right. gotta unpack that a little bit more for me, bro. Um right. uh, but it's just Simplify I, that I think for it's really important. <laughs> um, because what is sorry, I'm talking so long, but last thing. Um No, you're good. Uh, what is the in when it, in Paul's letter, uh, I'm not gonna say it perfectly because it's it's not I'm but it's a uh, teaching and and encouraging each other in Psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, you know. Um that's like mm-hmm. our calling yep. as worship leaders. It's like to teach and to totally. encourage, you know, like like these songs are supposed to teach as well, um, and right. not not just to cultivate intimacy. And uh, I think it's a beautiful kind of challenge to kind of try to couple both those things: is cultivate a yeah. "I love you, God" song with a "Wow, I'm 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 understanding the cross more in a bigger way because of this song." Right. Well, that's so good. That is so good. Um, so you mentioned uh, when you lost your voice in 2014, like a little bit how did you even process those emotions? Like, I'm sure it was anxiety and fear and, you know, like 
how how did you you know you've written songs you've wrote you've you've been leading songs in front of people for so long i'm sure part of your identity even got tied up in a little bit of of what you were doing just in a natural way how did you process that season um for sure identity tied up with it which is rightly so we are we were we were Absolutely. we were humans created to work and i don't think it's even wrong for your identity to get tied up into it but there's a point where it does get unhealthy where it's like your sense of value gets tied into it and without it you're like, who am I, you know? Um, yeah. And that's how I felt. And it sounds a little dramatic, honestly, looking back to it. And uh, But there is something about having to cancel a whole tour and cancel six months worth of, worth of events that I was supposed to play at and have to get surgery. And the doctor's saying, hey, be, be ready for your life to kind of change on the work side of things. You might not have the endurance, might not be able to do like the hour-long sets anymore and all that stuff. And I'm just like, wow, like this is kind of a deal. And, and I have to get surgery right. and, I, and then it, it's really was in the silence, like the three or four week silence I had to, no talking, no singing. After a couple of days, um, it gets, it, I was depressed and frustrated and like, really, and like, what if I, and you know, all those thoughts, like, what if I can't do that? Like, how do, what is, what am I going to do for a job? And, and, but really the, I, I, I kind of got to the root of depression through this moment where uh, I was playing at this conference, it's it's called Catalyst. I was supposed to play Catalyst West Coast. It's a bunch of church leaders, and uh, I couldn't because yep. the surgery was happening. And so they said, "Hey, can you just write a quick letter? We're going to read it from stage, and we'll all pray for you." And I thought, "Wow, what a, that's so sweet, you know." And and then as I was going to sit down and write a letter, I was like, "Hey, what's the conference on?" And they're like, "It's on identity." I was like, "Huh." And so I started writing just, and I was I was planning five sentences, you know, like, "Hey guys, this is what's going on. Thanks for your yep. prayer. I heard it's on identity." And I just stopped about identity. Um, and I just felt like the it, it was one of the three or four moments in my life where it was such, such a like a weighty, beautiful, heavy moment of, in this presence of God where I just, it, it's, it was overwhelming. And, and I, I remember I, I tears, tears started running down my face and I was kind of like even shaking. Like it was, it felt very, very holy moment. Wow. And uh, yeah. and I was sitting. I remember it so perfectly. I was sitting in my little side room in my house and just weep, like sort of weeping, and didn't even know why. And it's like, and and I and I, I really, well, I didn't. I mean, is it, it would think it was the Holy. It wasn't like I heard God's voice, but in my heart, it was so strong. It's like, who am I? Who like? And yep. I remember saying out loud, "It's like, you're God." It's like, but who am I to you? And I was like, Father, wow. you're my you're my father. And he's like, so what does that make you? I just, I just remember that those that being like throbbing to me. It's like makes me a child, and uh, and then I just felt such an awareness of in a huge way of what it means to be God's. I mean, not fully. I'm still learning, but what it meant to be God's child, and 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 I just, I just started thinking about the stars and the, and the billions and trillions of galaxies all held in the hand of this mighty, eternal, transcendent being. And yet would like sink down into this little piece of dirt called earth and say, I love you. Call me father. I want you, I want you to be my Thanksgiving Christmas morning family member. Like you are an right. heir of my house. Like <laughs> right. you're not just like a servant in my house that I like you are heir, fellow heir with Jesus of everything. And I've given you everything you need. And and, and I was just so aware of his in a new way of the way he thinks about me. And like all the the depression and frustration I realized had come from like how much I, I, I loved and relied on like people clapping and saying good job to me in what I do. Right. And I was kind of lying to myself probably uh, up until that point, just not, or just trying to 
not even thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And I just felt God kind of started to shed that away, and it's still a shed away work, but my life did change from that moment. And I, there's a freedom in what I do and in the way I write and the way, and in my whole ministry ever since that moment uh, that I'm so thankful That's for. That's awesome. And, and, uh, and, and so I just started weeping and writing out this letter and to Catalyst, and they read it, and, and they, they, they read it, and they're like, hey, you got to come up. We've got to pray for you in person. And it was a really special moment. And I, did, and I, it was crazy. It really moved my heart from a place of, of like, what do I like? Depression, frustration. Like, why are you doing this? Like, why is this happening? Can't you like just heal it? You know, um, right. to right. like, I was, I had gotten so excited um, about whatever God had for me because it's like if you love me like that, and if you have all power and you're holding it all, then like, if there's some like. If you want to take my voice away, then I'm so excited for what's on the other side because it's going to be better than what I thought I was supposed to do. You right. know, it's like it changes your whole perspective. It's like do what you want; your will be done. And um, I'm, I'm thankful I am singing again. But uh, and uh, yeah, but that was a beautiful moment in my life and really a bench a transitional moment for me as a as a leader and as a as a worshiper. What an amazing story! And I think there's probably a lot of people listening right now there. It, it, it may not be their voice, but there's something that they found their identity attached to. And they're wondering what's on the other side of this, this moment, whether it's a, a moment with depression or mental health or, mm. or just anxiety, like trying to figure out what's next. And it's just what a great reminder that God's, God's got us. And whether it's, whether we, um, move forward doing the thing we've always done, or he's got a new thing for us that he, that he's still God and he's still our father. That's, so so awesome you just wrote a book what's the biggest difference between writing a book and and writing songs it's longer it's way longer <laughs> way more words um yeah yeah it's yeah. a book it's like a it's a devotional with like anecdotes and personal stories and uh it really it's called on our knees and it's uh it's yep. coming out in september i don't know when whoever's listening to this but in september of 2023 I don't know when you're listening to this, but that's when it's out. Maybe it's out now. Um, but it's called On Our Knees, and it was inspired by a song of mine called Battle Belongs. And I wrote that song unbeknownst. Like, I didn't know the story God had for it. I, I wasn't going through a huge battle. But I remember writing it with my buddy Brian Johnson, and both of us just kind of like taking a moment back, like, there's there's a story in this song. We don't know what it is. And and that was the end of 2019, and 2020 rolls around, and, and stuff started happening that was really weird and out of the ordinary and um yep. this song still wasn't out but it became like me and my family's uh little encouragement song like my kids would want me to hum it to them sing it to them before bed and i was singing around the house <laughs> it was like Sweet. when, when an, another another thing would get locked down or another my kids were crying about <laughs> missing friends or whatever like out here in california it's just like right it just was like they're like, can we sing that song? It was just a beautiful thing for us. And then when the song came out, it seemed like that that kind of story was echoing in other families and communities. Mm -hmm. And and uh, over the next six months, it was just it was it just still is. But it was overwhelming in such a sweet way. Uh, all the stories that came in about that song being sung um, in all situ like in in birthing rooms and hospital rooms and grave sites right. and um, in anxiety moments in church communities. Um, being sung in the online church, I just like and people saying the song was just really had become their their song in the in the fight, and I was just so moved by the faith of so many people and stories of 
of prayer really working in that song, encouraging mm-hmm. people to like get on your knees and fight in prayer. And uh, and then I started traveling again once things started opening up in early uh, or in late 2020 and early 2021. And that song was just when we'd sing it, it was just such a faith moment. And I was so moved, um, so moved by the faith of people singing out that song, getting more stories. So all that being said, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit through all that, uh, using all these people that were connecting with my song to challenge me um, in my prayer life. Uh, I've always believed in the power of prayer. It's a part of my life. I talk to God I've, all my whole life I have, but just like asking questions that I think I needed to ask, like, why, why don't I pray for healing more? Like when I hear someone sick or when I hear someone like, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of a no? Am I afraid of getting let down? Like, why why isn't my first go-to to talk to God? And and if if I really believe that created the universe, loves me and knows all and sees all and is with me and says, says asking you will receive, like, in the name of Jesus and according to my will, like, why is it my go-to more often? And I, w- I was like almost ashamed to kind of even have to ask myself those questions, but it was just me being honest. And now I'm not because um, now that I've written this book and right. talked this, talked about it with so many people, it's like, it seems <laughs> to connect with a lot of people, even in, in ministry and leadership. It's like, yeah, it's like, anyway, so I went on a journey through the scriptures and just want to reignite my faith and my heart and grow in, in prayer. And, uh, and I didn't know it was going to be a book. And then uh, Caleb, who's publishing books now, they, they asked if I had a book in me and what's going on. And I told them that's what I've been doing. They're like, do you want to see if there's something in there for other people? And and then we started actually writing it, me and this guy, Matt Litton. And uh, and I've never, that experience was different than anything I've done, but um, yeah. it was really life-changing. <laughs> and I, I hope it, and my prayer life is going to be different forever. And I hope it does the same thing for other people. Right. And it's so, it's so interesting. Sometimes God puts things in front of us that were, you wrote a book and obviously the hope is that other people have an experience with God through that book and through, through what happens with that. But it's beautiful the way that it actually impacts and changes your own personal life too. Like your, you said your prayer life will always be different. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's just fun to watch how God uses the, the, the things in ministry that sometimes we think are for other people that end up being just for us too. Yes. And not just for us, but for us as well. So it's like all every time, um, right? You, if, every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over and over again, it's just, it, it, it's, it's like his, every, everything that he brings us through is a tool that he puts in the toolbox and a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you're like, Oh my gosh, all of this worked out together. It's funny how the Bible said that. And now it's true. Yeah. So it's really it's beautiful, really, really cool. If you were if you were gonna um, encourage oh, the worship leader, part time worship leader, churches is, is trying to you know come out of COVID now, and people still want to be online, and and you know they're getting up every every Sunday morning with their volunteer worship team. What would you what would you tell them today to encourage them? How would how would you tell them to keep going? Well, I, something I've been thinking about recently is just how short life is. Like it, re- if sometimes it feels like it's dr- it's trudging, drudging along, and it's like it's never gonna change. And I get that feeling, um, but really, it's like David says, it's like life is like a vapor. You know what I mean? And I think I've been meditating on that recently about choices I'm making, even even small things about putting my phone down because my kids are all playing, and like why don't I just I could do this later on my phone. I can I'm gonna be with them right now. Right. Like so, all that being said is that I I think this idea of life being short. And, and God is just calling us to be faithful 
You know what I mean? And that that's not like mm-hmm. a, it's not necessarily like the prettiest thing or like, I mean, I guess some of you, it's the sexy answer or whatever, you know, to, but to be faithful <laughs> um, is, I think is sometimes underrated um, when people are like right. in, in a world where it's like, chase your dreams and be the biggest thing and, or, you know, like you should be happy or you should, uh, you should, it's like, man, there is so much kingdom changing power in a man and a woman or a woman or, that's just faithfully serving, you know? And, uh, yep. and, and so I would just, just say like to all you worship leaders out there, I, I, I know it personally, also got many friends, even family in, in church, um, full-time capital M ministry, as they say. And I know it's been a hard, um, last couple of years and I know things are looking different and probably will forever have changed because of the last couple of years. But I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. And I'm praying a prayer that God would just like root in you such a faithfulness to his word and to the calling in your life. Um, because we need it. Like I, 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 I'm, I don't want, I'm not on staff at a church. I go to a church and that's where I get like filled up. So my, my buddy, Brandon is one of, and another guy named Isaac. Those are the two worship leaders at the church I go to. And they're, they're awesome. And they lead us in worship. And I just, and they they were there when we were like meeting outside in like this courtyard in San Diego and like hardly anybody was coming and they're still there. And that I was so thankful to show up and have someone lead me into the throne room and remind me of God's grace through song and remind me of God's greatness through song. And, and it, we, I just, I can say firsthand, like we need it. Like maybe some church, some chairs are open. Yeah. Maybe some responses are less passionate than they were. Like some people need to, I think people need to relearn what it means to, be in church community and relearn what's to sing. I was even talking recently with some friends from Jesus culture um, and they're that, that, that lead at their home church. And that's a, that's a passionate church. They're known for worship, but they said like almost half the church are new people and, and they, they don't know the culture of Jesus culture. They're just coming. Cause right. right. They, you know, and so they're, they're in a the process of reteaching, Hey, like we're a church that, extravagantly worships like this is this is a place where we, we freely lift our hands and and so they started worship nights and they started digging in and they started making sure their leadership was up front like displaying like hey we are we are proud of our king and proud we boast in jesus and this is how we do it through our song and and uh and so it might take a little bit more like digging your heels in and reteaching and relearning and rediscovering what it means to sing together as a community but man we need it so much so thank you for your faithfulness um in in no time it's crazy it just in no time at all me and you and steven will be high-fiving in heaven you know in no time at all and and the thing that's going to matter is like obedience and faithfulness you know and uh and 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 just it's just so i just hopefully that encourages you just to take a deep breath know that god is with you and and keep going man that's awesome man thank you for that that I'm encouraged. I'm ready. I'm excited now. Awesome. So that's that's awesome. Well, dude, thanks for the time today, man. Thank you for for being willing to to spend a little time with us and just pour into to other people. And and thanks for what you do. Uh, you know, you you are writing songs that people resonate with, and they're able to to meet Jesus through those songs. And that's a really really powerful thing. So if you don't hear it enough, thank you for what you do because it's it's super helpful. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Man, I love what Phil said in that interview about identity and value. I think it's so important to differentiate the two because identity connected to your work isn't always a bad thing. Over-identity probably is and value is, but 
um, that was just a really powerful moment. And then the reminder that God is always in control. And no matter what you're going through today, what you're processing at your church or in your job uh, with your volunteer team, God's in control. He knows what's on the other side of this. And he's not surprised that you're leading in this season. He's not surprised that you are in this season. And actually, he planned it that way. So rest assured and take courage and strength in the idea that God knew you were going to be doing this and walking through this. And he actually planned it that way. And he planned for you to be the person in this seat at that moment. Thanks for tuning in. Man, if you enjoyed today's conversation, I would love for you to share it with one person if you could. Um, Make sure you tag us on any social posts and make sure you tune in next week when we have another awesome guest worship leader. We'll talk to you soon.